1: Hi, everyone. Welcome. Today, we are really excited to have on Erin Porter, who is a family autism coach. So, hi,
2: Erin. Welcome. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat.
1: We're happy to have you. Um, so, for anyone who maybe doesn't isn't familiar with you, if you could give us a little bit of background, tell us a little bit about you.
2: Yeah. So, um, I'm a teacher in uh, Canada. In Ontario. And um, I noticed while I was teaching and in Spechead that there were some gaps in the school system. And I started to fill those gaps in at school. And then noticed that there was a parent piece missing. So I applied everything that I knew uh, about teaching and uh, programming for children in school to supporting parents who have newly diagnosed children with autism. Um, There are gaps here in Ontario and all over, and um, I help parents fill in the gaps while they wait for funding or to get pulled off wait lists or just really want to get going on early intervention.
0: And that is such a huge piece. I can't even imagine as a parent. A parent of a new child in general is very stressful, but then you get a diagnosis and you don't even know anything about the diagnosis, which can be super overwhelming. And then what? Then, you know, a lot of time you've got to wait for funding. Um, And then, well, what do you do in between? So it's nice to know that there is a stopgap or there is somebody who you can turn to for those questions.
2: Yeah, and what I what I found is that parents leave the doctor's office with a piece of paper, and they don't know what comes next. And um, what comes next could mean a whole bunch of different things for all all parents and families. They're all at a different place in their own journey, and um, that's where I hold their hand and I help them move from from step to step, meet them where they're at, and help them to learn where their own child is at and what next steps are for their own child.
1: So what do you think is, is you know, the biggest gap that you're seeing? There's, like you said, like the gap of not knowing where to go, lack of knowledge, lack of experience, lack of services, wait lists, funding. Um, what do you, I mean, those are a lot of challenges. What do you see as, you know, one of the biggest challenges for parents? Wow.
2: Wow. Um, some of the challenges start before they even get the diagnosis and that is how do I even talk to a doctor about that so I support some some families come to me to say I don't know uh I don't know what this is and um there's a there's a real gap in understanding about getting the right diagnosis because sometimes it's not autism sometimes there's a communication disorder sometimes um there's hearing issues. Um, so understanding communication is a huge thing for families and moving forward with the next right steps for the child in their communication. Um, um, navigating services, that that is a huge issue in Ontario. People don't even know where to start with that. Um, toileting, behavior applying for kindergarten, educational advocacy, uh, sensory issues, OT, SLP, like it just goes on and on and um diet, uh, getting rid of the bottle and helping the speech with that, like they're, they're all so connected. And parents sometimes feel like there might just be one issue, but discovering one issue opens up, opens up the doors to all the other issues that are there.
1: I know that something I come across a lot is sometimes parents kind of want to wait and see. Like they're a little bit hesitant to pursue any kind of diagnosis or, you know, do any kind of therapy because like maybe they're just a late talker, or maybe like they're just, you know, a little bit quiet or shy. Um I'm wondering if you, you know, maybe see something similar and what would you say to those parents who are just trying to or maybe their doctor even said to wait and see.
2: I would I say a couple of things to parents. One is getting the right diagnosis is really important. Um, Not the diagnosis that they're afraid of or looking for, but the right one. Um, And through my whole teaching career, I always said what is necessary for some is good for all. So even if you don't have a, a diagnosis and you wanna wait and see, there are things that you can be doing to encourage communication while you're waiting. You don't have to wait and do nothing. It shouldn't, the waiting time shouldn't be a void of intervention. It should be lots of intervention because part of waiting and seeing is trying and seeing.
0: Really with intervention, you know, we're really looking at just good teaching as well, right? So it's really about teaching parents how to get down on the ground and play with their kids and, you know, really try and establish a connection and whether it's autism or whether it's a communication or whether it's some other diagnosis, even just any type of early intervention can be great. And what I've seen is I've seen, you know, that the gap just gets wider when you wait and that's what's really scary is that, you know, if, you know, parents do wait, whether they're waiting for a diagnosis to get, you know, intervention or whether they're waiting until kindergarten or just a let's wait and see period because I'm in denial. Um, There's a whole bunch of reasons why they're waiting, but you see that gap starting to get wider between, you know, their child and other kids, their age. And that's, what's frightening.
2: Mm -hmm. And, and that we can fill in that gap with lots of things to do in there. And just waiting doesn't mean that all of us are going to get it or all of a sudden they're going to learn. Waiting means like, let's do some intentional things to see if, if they work, no matter if there's a diagnosis or not, there are things to do. And um, I work with the parents. So I support the parents, like you said, getting on the floor and, and using different strategies and trying different things. So I don't come into the home and work with the child. I work with the parents, to make that connection and to teach them communication strategies and to support their child in that waiting period.
1: And I love that because I find that even if you're not waiting, but sometimes parents will think, well, it's the AB therapist who's going to do it, or it's the teacher who's going to do that. So I either have to wait until there's a spot in the clinic, I could drop off my kid. And that's what I'm waiting for. Or, you know, I'm just waiting for them to like work their magic. And then, you know, it's not, you know, they kind of take less responsibility responsibility and I love the idea of empowering the parents to feel like the solution is within them also um, so in addition to anything you're working on with the school or with the a v therapist or the clinic or anything like that that the parent piece is huge, and empowering parents to feel like they can be part of the solution um I think is is so important because it makes such a difference when the parents have the tools
2: yeah like the the parents are the the advocate, and um they they need to know their child so well. So they need to be the ones to make the connection. And, and, and a lot of parents have said to me, um, I feel like my child is, uh, drifting away. So, so let's not drift. Let's, let's get in there and let's stop the drifting and, and let's connect. And, uh, if, if parents are leaving it to other professionals to, to do that, the connections are going to be over there. And we want parents to know their children so well that they can advocate for them and connect with them in a very special way that that's meaningful for the family.
0: One thing that we forget as you know, ABA professionals, as teachers, is that teaching doesn't always come naturally to a lot of people, right? So, you know, parents with a newly diagnosed child, you know, maybe accountants, maybe engineers, maybe doctors, maybe in a completely different profession and have never had to teach before. And um, it can be completely overwhelming. So something that comes naturally to us um, doesn't come naturally to parents and they must be overwhelmed, not just with the diagnosis, but where do I start?
2: Yeah, I think parents get overwhelmed too with the behavior and that that's a really tricky one to navigate for parents when they're unsure whether this is this is autism or this is behavior or this is a, just a two year old being a two year old. And and how do you navigate all of that when they seemingly don't understand? And uh, I think they do understand. I think, think you're actually pretty smart.
1: <laughs> I know I've had that exact question when speaking to a parent. You know them saying, "Well." I don't know if it's the autism or the behavior. I don't know if it's the diagnosis or, you know, just the reinforcement. Of, and I said, like, it doesn't matter. Like what we're looking at is we're not looking at the diagnosis. We're looking at working on the behaviors and making your life just, you know, that much easier if we can. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your program? Like what would that look like? It's called the Guided
2: Autism Program. Is yes, it's um, which stands for GAP because we fill in the gaps. <laughs> So, what I do initially, I have a ten-week program where I work one-on-one with families. They're available to me twenty-four-seven, and we work on everything that um, is a goal for the family. Um, so, I do uh, I do an intake um, to figure out where the family is at in terms of their goals and where the child's at. So, we look at uh, medical things, we look at safety, self-care, sensory. <coughs> Um, academic, social interactions. Uh, we look at everything that's going on in the house and align that with the parents' goals. and and that's where that's where I come in to support the parents to move their child forward. Um, so so they can meet their family goals. So some for some families, that's toileting. For some families, that's registering for JK and getting through transition meetings and and finding support within the education system. That's hard to Some families are walking out of the doctor's office with a piece of paper, and they don't know what comes next, so they need support navigating services. Um, Some families need it all. a really common thread among all the families is communication. So meeting the child where they're at in terms of communicating and teaching the parents how to see how their child is communicating. Because we all know all behavior is communication, right? So uh, parents don't sometimes see that. So after 10 weeks, parents can... um, well, well, if they get their funding or, or, um, they are called off wait lists, then I will transition them to the professionals and have a meeting like this and, and let the, the therapists, professionals know what we've been doing and where we're at. Um, but I also have a year long program. So it's not, um, it's not as intense as the first 10 weeks, but it's a community of families who are all new to autism. And, um, I cater to the needs of the group so people will come on calls in group calls it's not one-to-one anymore but uh, if people are working on say getting rid of the bottle then tuesday night's call is getting rid of the bottle night come on and join the call and we talk as a community or uh, if you're toileting every wednesday and friday we're going to talk talk toileting issues and talk about where you're at and what comes next so, the 10-week the program is one-to-one and very specific, and then they can transition into the year-long program with uh, a community of support.
0: Mm. Must be so nice for parents to be able to have some types of foundational skills when they transition eventually to an ABA program or to another program, um, because I can't even imagine if somebody told me the analogy of, you know, when we talk ABA gibberish to outsiders who aren't in the ABA community or parents specifically, that when we use ABA jargon, it's the equivalent of us dropping our car off the mechanic and the mechanic says, this and this and this are wrong with it. And we look at them with wide eyes and go, okay, I don't understand that, but I'm not going to admit that. Just smile and nod and fix it, please. Right? um and with you know being able to have that intensive program with you but then also to be able to stay on and have um a community of parents it must yeah. be so nice to have that safe environment where they can ask those questions like what when my provider said this what does that mean yeah. or hey you know just in terms of not that you're a social worker but just in terms of that social work aspect of it it's just I need some counseling I need some hand holding can you help me through this
2: yeah, And that's what I think of. Um, a parent described me the other day as, as a hand holder and uh, just walk them through whatever it is that they need. Um, I have professionals in the background that I consult with. So in the year long program, if someone posts a question about I've got to take my child to the dentist. Well, I have a dentist who's who serves children with special needs and he'll chime in with um, this. Is, this is what I do and this is what what I need you to do. Um, same with I have a, a dietitian and a speech and language pathologist. I have someone who helps navigate services. I don't have the answers to everything that they're asking. So I've built a community around me too that that supports people. So it's sort of like a one-stop shop.
1: You're like a contractor of all things That's like cat- all things having to do with autism. And I love that, you know, what how you described the first one as being individualized without it being like this is the plan for everyone. It's one yeah. size fits all. I know like just becoming a parent. I was a parent before I was a BCBA and the amount of overwhelm on just like regular parenting stuff. And you feel like a failure because you're not following this method on how to sleep train and this method on how to feed and this method. And then you get a child with autism and you also get inundated with, with like, you know, I'm going to do PRT, but not DTT. And I'm going to do ESDM, but not. And as a parent, you're like, well, what does that all mean? And yeah. it's so overwhelming to be able to navigate that but I like how you described it it's really just about your goals like whatever your goals are we individualize that and I think as a parent having that you know that roadmap of somebody walking along with you is such a relief because like it's so overwhelming
2: it is and and some parents well they don't they don't recognize the signs of autism so the so things snowball and um Well, here's an example. I had one family that was highly criticized about their parenting from other family members and then, um, got the diagnosis, but didn't want to tell the family and didn't want to tell with friends. And part of their goals over the 10 weeks was being confident in talking about it publicly and, um, sharing with family and, um, and I, and I was able to mediate that online with with members of the family and to and to talk about what all of this all of this means to them and their family and their parenting, and so they really do everything, <laughs> It really is and it so it's hard to say when people say well what do you do I hold their hand <laughs> anything, anything <laughs> I'm a professional hand holder that's what I do <laughs> they, what they need and some some parents um. I had one family that, that, um, toilet trained their child and, um, I, I was on, on calls or phone calls or emails with them multiple times a day. Like, what, what do we do about this? What do we do about this? Okay. Just calm and try this now. And now we're going to move on to this and other families who don't need toileting, but they need to know how to tell grandma how to babysit. Right. So, um, It's everybody's needs are different. And I think it's really important to honor everybody's needs and to, to honor the place where everybody's at, including the child, because we can only move forward from where we are. So like you said, that one size fits all doesn't work at all. But when parents can understand where they're at and where their child is at, well, then they can move into this group and pick and choose what it is they need because now they know where they're at. Mm-hmm.
1: And what would you say is like the time commitment that a parent should have to really invest in this?
2: Wow, like in autism in general, or just in no, program? your program? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a lifelong journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the ten-week program <clears throat> is um, is a scheduled call once a week for ten weeks. Um, they're about an hour, an hour and a half, but I never hang up on anyone. So we go until we're done. Um, the intake at the beginning is a little bit longer. Um, but that's just the, the, the minimum. So over the 10 weeks, if parents need me between those calls, um, we set up more calls if uh, if they want to show me how they've been doing things or trying things, um, then they'll set up the camera, they'll record, they'll send it to me and I'll reply with tips or when um, the family would um, have the Zoom call running with their with their daughter right there trying things. And I would I would coach them on that. Um, so it's a minimum of an hour with me once a week for 10 weeks, but then there's lots of stuff to put in place over the next week until until we meet again. So there's definitely a um, definitely a few hours a day. But what what it really is for a lot of people is a shift in their mindset in uh in in parenting, in communicating, um and in prioritizing things because it might not be the most important thing that your child wears this t-shirt to school. It's okay. If they go in their pajamas, <laughs> Like it's a, it's actually just a shift in mindset to realize that, okay, that's okay. If they want to wear their rubber boots all day, that's actually fine. Let's move on to some things that, um, that are like really picture things that, uh, that we can make an make an impact with.
0: There's uh Peter Gerhardt who works with adults. He says, you know, always ask yourself, is this the bridge you want to die on today? Right? Is this, you know, is, is this really the problem that you want to go down for? No, it's not. Like pick your battles, definitely.
2: Your battles and 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 let's choose some really meaningful goals because once you once you understand communication, then you can communicate to your child about the rubber boots and rainy days and all of those things. but so what if they're wearing rubber boots today? <laughs> really? <laughs> but parents can learn how to have a a conversation in what however a conversation looks um about that down the road when they understand the communication piece.
1: Mm-hmm. And I love how you describe that. I think so often as BCBAs, we sometimes go into homes and talk to parents with our agenda. As in, you know, we've been working with this child on labeling or we've been working on requesting. So this is what you have to do in the home. And this is how you have to generalize the skill. And I'm going to teach you how. And I think the way you're coming at it, it sounds like, well, what are your goals, parents? And what are you struggling with? And, you know, forget what they may or may not do in school or whatever. But like, how can I help you accomplish your goals? Um, and I think that that's definitely something that, you know, we can learn from and we could do better at. And I like how you described it as kind of that individual process. It's as much or as little as they want. Um, cause they really do have to want it. It has to be something that they're invested in.
2: Yeah, they do. And that's, um, the, the parents that I get are really motivated. They're motivated to take action and to do something while they wait.
1: And what do you find is like the Biggest transformation that you see in parents? I think you said, is it the mind shift, the mindset shift? Is it you know they know how to manage behaviors? Like what what do you find are some of like the biggest wins?
2: Definitely connecting with their with their children. Um, A number of children that I have helped have. Well, a number of families—not specifically children—but um, some families really like the um, picture exchange system. But we we start very simply with just pictures of stuff that are in their house, like family members. Right? Just just labeling family members' names. And um, okay, this one family that I that I helped from Toronto um, when when she got her pictures out and she was she was showing and labeling and doing she left the picture of herself to the very end and her little boy who was two and a half at the time he picked it up and kissed it
0: (gasps) and
2: and then he put it back down and like those are the wins right those are the times when parents are like he does get it he does know who I am he he Understands he sees pictures. So then I'm like, okay, so now we don't need pictures. Now we can move on to the, like, like this is where he's at. This is so amazing. So amazing that he did that. But, but now we can move on. We can move on to other things. So the, the, the wins like project us into the next, the next thing that's going to happen. So definitely the connections, the connections are there for parents who are working really hard on the communication. I think parents are overwhelmed too with with routine or a lack of routine, right because just getting out the door every day can be super difficult. but once we can put that put a routine in place that is you know visual and predictable and uh, repeated um and their children follow it and all of a sudden now morning is easier to get out the door and they think, wow, okay, this works. And then they start to see how they can take that and apply it to other things. So we're generalizing with the parents too.
1: Yeah, those are some great wins. And I think, like you said, it's important for parents to see the value in that. If you could solve a small problem for them, like a morning routine, then so exciting for them to keep it going or if they could like with the pictures all of a sudden they see there's like these glimmers of of understanding and connection and it's motivating the parents to keep going when you know things can seem really overwhelming and daunting just giving them those small wins to continue yeah. is so important
2: yeah one one family, one of their goals was to get their their son to stop hitting everyone and um we drilled down to identify that he wanted to play so he was asking to play without the words to ask to play but he was hurting people and in in hurting people he was making people upset and then he was being punished for hurting people and we had this circle this sort of vicious circle catch 22 and when everybody stopped and realized that he was he wanted to play and we changed the approach, so when he hits um a a sibling would say, "Do you want to play and he 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 would stop hitting. he knew he wanted to play so they would get something to play, but just before they played, the sibling would say, "I want to play with you too, but I don't want you to hit me and after well, it took a while right it took a it took a few weeks, but he stopped hitting and we put a plan in place for him to show the family when he wanted to play. So that just brought the tension in the whole house down because the the family goal was to have a calmer household.
0: So it's like you're going from chaos, you know, either lack of routine or, you know, negative behavior, etc., to calm, right? So the name of my program, Chaos to Calm. (laughs) (laughs) um so how do parents go from chaos to calm when they reach out for support like how do they find you
2: well they can find me on Facebook I have a free Facebook page so um one of one of the things that I identified was that I can't help everyone not everyone can pay and it's a fee for service because it's between funding and 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 the diagnosis but I wanted to be able to provide support to as many people as I can so they can find me on Facebook um the Facebook group is called Launching Life with Autism. They can also find me on Facebook on like a professional Facebook page called the Guided Autism Program. But they can Google that as well and find my webpage, which is where they can connect with me.
0: Excellent. We'll put all of this in our show notes as well. So those of you listening, you want to get in touch with Erin, go to our show notes or go to theguidedautismprogram.com.
2: Amazing. Thank you.
0: Erin, thank you so much. This conversation has been awesome. I think I've done more listening than asking questions because i'm just so enthralled with what you do and i'm so impressed and so excited that someone's you know taking on that challenge not even challenge but just taking on the the parent piece of it because you know as professionals we're always working with the kids and not the parents as much so thank you for filling in that gap
2: oh thank you i'm i'm so excited about it i just love talking about it and we'll talk to anyone <laughs>